Hey y'all, this is episode 69 of Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. Eco Chic is a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. I'm so happy to have you. I'm always happy to have you. I want to get some housekeeping things out of the way before we get started. I still have plenty of stickers. I love sending y'all stickers. Please go ahead and just DM me at Eco Chic Podcast on Instagram and I will send out some stickers to you if you just send me your address. So right now I'm actually in the process of moving. So if today's episode is a little bit echoey, that's why we're in like a basically empty apartment. But we do have like a little bit of a lag now if you are asking for stickers this week. It's probably gonna take about a week and a half before I like get settled and I'm able to send them out. But keep sending me your addresses and I am just saving them and screenshotting them and making sure that I get them out as soon as possible. I love when you tell your friends about the podcast. I love when you share episodes on your Instagram story. It's just such a fun way to get other people involved and make sure that we're really like incorporating as many different viewpoints and ideas as we can in this community. And I love you so much and I'm so thankful. And that being said, I am also really thankful for those of y'all who are leaving ratings and reviews. It's the easiest way to support the podcast. If you are so inclined, if you've enjoyed it at any point, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. With that, let's get into today's episode. We're talking today about the carbon budget. The carbon budget is a little bit of an intimidating term, but I think it's really important that we kind of set a foundation for everyone to have a better understanding, especially as different election cycles are coming up now in different countries. And the carbon budget is a really hot topic in all of those more political atmospheres. So the carbon budget can also be called the emissions budget or it can be called the allowable emissions. And the carbon budget essentially is the upper limit of total carbon dioxide associated with keeping our atmosphere below two degrees of warming. So two degrees is what we typically think of as the temperature change at which we can be tolerable to global warming. So this is a really important distinction to make. Two degrees is really what we can be like comfortable with to continue life as we know it. And so saying the emissions budget, it's how much warming we have left, how much we have left to emit, in order to stay below that threshold of two degrees. They call it the budget. I think this is a great term because monetary terms is when it gets really real for people. People care about things that cost them money. So we have a budget or a limited amount of carbon dioxide that we're allotted before we have a massive, massive climate crisis. So, I mean, a lot of people argue, I like to argue we are currently in a climate crisis, but we're talking about like total overhaul of our global systems as we know it if we reach two degrees of warming. So we know from every degree of warming, there is a roughly equal amount of carbon dioxide. So this is something that's established by scientists. I don't want to give you an exact number. It has to do with tons of CO2 that we put into the atmosphere. But that being said, to put it into some perspective, we know how much CO2 is released each time we burn a certain amount of coal. So if you've ever heard of greenhouse gas accounting, that was actually a class I had to take in graduate school, but greenhouse gas accounting is essentially saying for X amount of fossil fuels, we are putting out X amount of CO2 into the atmosphere. So just to put it into some more clear perspectives, there's like a really clear idea of what we are emitting every time we make particular energy choices or particular habits. If you're driving versus walking or whatever, there are emissions associated with that and they're very clearly defined by scientists. So the IPCC is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. It's essentially a group of scientists. They're backed by the United Nations and they are the people who put out climate reports. It's typically every five years or so. And then in between, they put out special reports 
And the IPCC scientists also play around with different scenarios and put out these special reports in between so that we have a better idea of what particular climate scenarios look like. So it's to say like, oh, if we are to implement this particular technology or if we are to cut down emissions in this country by this much, what does that mean for the global carbon budget? Typically, the IPCC has said that we have 20 years as of, you know, today in July of 2019, we have about 20 years before we completely run through our carbon budget. So 20 years left of business as usual emissions standards. So again, the end, our red line of this budget is two degrees of warming. To give you a little bit of further context on this budget, the Paris Agreement, which was a massive overhauling agreement between various countries to cut emissions pretty significantly, the Paris Agreement says that we do not want to exceed 1.5 degrees of warming. The Paris Accord was signed in April of 2016. It was drafted again by the IPCC Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So there was an urgency, a clear, definite plan that we need to stay within this 1.5 degree limit that we've set for ourselves, while two degrees is like the ultimate bottom line, red line, end of our budget, end of the world as we know it, very doom and gloom. But 1.5 degrees was what we were aiming for, and this was April 2016. So since that Paris Agreement has been signed, there has been quite a bit of traction by other countries and other policies that have been put in place to reduce emissions. So this could be incentivizing particular renewable energies or making it more accessible for people to purchase electric cars or things of the sort. So what you think of your typical energy and emissions scenarios. Fun fact, next week on the podcast, we are talking about sustainability around the world. It's a Chic Chats episode, Colin style hotline episode. So stay tuned for that. But for now, let's talk more about the global issues around climate change. So the way that we're talking about solutions is that when the IPCC drafts a lot of these scenarios of how we can remain under two degrees of warming, there is kind of an interesting facet to a lot of these scenarios. We know how much emissions are associated with renewable energies versus fossil fuels and things like that. We've already established that, yeah? But in order to create these scenarios of staying below two degrees for each country based on the rates that each country is reaching their climate goals, there is unfortunately a lot of massive technological constraints that the IPCC is kind of depending on to reach this two degree goal. We have put off reducing our emissions for so long globally, it is now requiring us to make some massive technological strides and really rely on technologies that don't quite exist yet. So what I mean by that, most of these two degree scenarios include negative emissions technologies. So like geoengineering, assuming that we find a way to take out billions of tons of CO2 from the air, from the atmosphere. So essentially think about like a giant carbon capture machine. If you've ever heard of anything along those lines, it doesn't truly exist yet, but we're kind of banking on it to happen. According to the IPCC and all of these different scenarios, we would need to get to zero emissions in about 30 years in order to safely say that we're within that two degree limit. So A little clarification, I did say earlier, we need to be under two degrees and we have about 20 years to get there. To say that we have 30 years to reach zero emissions is depending on the rate of our emissions reducing significantly every single year, every single decade. So that's kind of intimidating to think about because that essentially means in order to get to zero emissions within the next three decades, 
we have to be completely off of all fossil fuels. So global emissions are continuing to rise, unfortunately. That's just the fact of the matter in present day. No single person is consciously saying, hey, I'm going to completely ignore my environmental habits because there is going to be a technology to reduce those emissions on my behalf. There are a lot of countries that are trying to reduce emissions with different policy efforts like we talked about, but emissions are still rising around the world because there's a lot of efficiency that comes along with carbon intensive habits. So what I mean by that, why is it better for your schedule to fly in a plane as opposed to driving somewhere a little bit farther away? Or the fact that people are continuing to consume animal products when we know that animal agriculture is really, really carbon intensive. It's just easier to tell people that there is going to be a carbon reduction technology that's going to fix our climate change issues as opposed to changing their lifestyles. So with that, I do want to kind of encourage everyone to realize that your habits really do matter and it's about consciousness. And yes, we will have technology one day, but we need some massive, massive collective action in order to reach these climate goals until policy really catches up to where we need to be. That being said, on the flip side, let's think a little bit positively. If carbon capture techniques and machines are to work, it would still take decades to reduce carbon levels to reasonable levels for global tolerance, quote unquote. So let's also recognize that the damage would have already been done. So even if we do have carbon capture techniques that will totally reduce our temperature rising issues, you're still going to have glaciers that are going to be melted. There's still going to have been forest fires to affect major countries and plots of land and soil. And these problems are not going to go away just because we suddenly have carbon capture technique. And with that, I also want to encourage people to think a little bit more critically about geoengineering as a whole. So geoengineering is the idea that there is going to be technologies to really help us curb our carbon emissions in general. So while that could be like carbon capture machines, what you're thinking, a giant machine to just suck carbon out of the atmosphere, other geoengineering things might be bubbling the oceans. So that reduces the reflectivity or the albedo of the earth. And that should, in theory, reduce our warming rate. So all of these things are really like fun and shiny and like hot topic, hot button items. But at the end of the day, we have to recognize that if we are to ever stop using these technologies, if one of your carbon capture machines suddenly doesn't work or we suddenly have to move towards another model of that machine or whatever, your carbon emissions are going to immediately rise back to where they should be based on human activity. So if we just rely on all this technology and continue business as usual, we're still gonna be in the same exact place if anything happens, if anything stops. And is it really realistic to think that our globe can continue to survive on this one particular technology indefinitely? That's up to you to decide. My opinion is no, but I encourage you guys to just think a little bit more about what it means to really emphasize environmental technologies versus encouraging policy and conscious consumerism and just making us all collectively more environmentally active and aware. So with that, I encourage you to take these political debates with a grain of salt. Don't think that any one particular technology is going to solve all of our issues. There's a lot of issues around climate change and knowing what the carbon budget is and what that truly means will hopefully put a lot of these ideas into perspective for you. So we know, again, just to recap, we have 20 years basically to reach our climate goals. And there was also, I do want to acknowledge this, an IPCC report that came out last October that said we had eight years. I do want to emphasize that that was one particular scenario that they emphasized the angle that our emissions could continue to rise based on consumer choice and just what the current trends are. But if we are to continue business as usual, the most 
reasonable scenario, we only have about 20 years, which is absolutely terrible and really, really scary. But in order to think about a tolerant globe, think about a place where you can actually like have grandchildren, we have to be thinking more about active climate solutions and reaching zero emissions, no fossil fuels, no nothing being put into the atmosphere in the next 30 years. That's all I have for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week to Eco Chic. I hope you enjoyed this quick little episode, just me, because next week we have on five guests for the Chic Chats call-in episode. And I do want to let y'all know that the week after next, there will be no episode as, again, I'm moving and settling and whatever. So I just want to make sure that I can be as present for you as possible on social media and through the podcast and everything. So there will be a long episode next week, but none the following week. And then we're like back to norm. So I so encourage you to subscribe so that you get a notification every time there's a new episode. Please leave a rating or review. If you want to chat with me, I'm always happy at Eco Chic Podcast on Instagram or my personal page is at Lori E. Diaz. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.